93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. And always streaming at 933kwto.com. This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO and stream us on the 933 mobile app. Welcome back to KWTO. We've got a huge show today. I say that a lot. Today's show, extraordinarily huge. We've got Caroline Levitt, Trump's National Press Secretary, going to join us at 5.05 to talk about Trump at the border today. Plus, we've got Chris Wright, candidate for governor. We've got Kerry Wells, Missouri Freedom Principal. And we've got debate with the Democrat with Jeff Smith all on the show today. But first, if you've been following this local presidential search at Missouri State University, really fascinating. One of the candidates is a former leader of Northwest Missouri State up in Maryville, John Jasinski. Now, there was a local article when he came to be interviewed for president, and they asked him, hey, why are, why did you leave Northwest Missouri? What happened? And he blamed a fraternity, a vengeful fraternity member, as he called it, to not being kept up there. Well, guess what? We've got the vengeful fraternity member joining us on the show right now, Jason Clint. Welcome to the Elijah Har Show. Uh, Elijah, it is a pleasure to be here. I will, I will try not to be vengeful uh, in this interview. I, I didn't know I was so vengeful, but I'm happy to be here. I got to say, listen, a lot of people know this. I'm a Missouri Western graduate, and for those who don't know, Missouri Western and Northwest have a little bit of a rivalry. In this situation, I feel like I can only win because I'm watching Northwest Missouri State on Northwest Missouri State violence here. <laughs> You know, Elijah, I did want to. I did want to apologize for the beatdown that we gave to the Griffins oh, last Saturday. I, I there we go. Okay, let's get into this. Missouri State's getting ready to replace Cliff Smart, legendary president. They've got three candidates in. John Jasinski is one of those candidates. He made a little bit of news, but nobody really knows the backstory about what happened. You've got the goods because you're involved. Tell, give us a little bit of history on what happened at Northwest Missouri State University. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy to. I, you know, and I will say, Eliza, this is the first time that I've spoke publicly about this. I, I really had taken the high road here and felt that it didn't make any sense. And then, and then he made the comments that he did, and I, I felt like I could no longer not say anything. But, you know, I joined the board in 2018, and honestly, I was excited to reconnect with my alma mater. I knew John before I got on the board. I liked John before I got on the board. So this wasn't a situation where I had an ax to grind or anything like that. But my opinion of him went steadily downhill as I observed his leadership style with other people. And ultimately that, you know, it's always a tough decision when you have to make a leadership change. But ultimately that, that's what happened is my reasons were very simple. He has a problem with the truth in my judgment. Uh, this article is a good example. Uh, we also kept losing top quality staff and it pointed to a leadership and management issue. And when I asked folks that were leaving about it, one of the things I was told was that he was creating a toxic work environment by one. And so I appreciate his attempt here to redefine the narrative of why he left Northwest. But for my, from my point, it was really very simple. It was time for a change. The, you know, I, I had grown tired of his tangential relationship with the truth. 
I grown tired of his leadership and management style that was starting to hurt the university. And so that was, you know, I can't speak. I don't speak for the other board members, but I can only, I can do is tell you why I made the choice that I did. And that was the choice that I made. And, you know, one of the things that's not really well known about this, Elijah, is that we actually gave him a new contract, a two-year contract, and told him that that was going to be the last one. We were giving him a runway to leave Northwest on his own terms, to go find a job and to go out. We'd have a big, you know, ta-da and hooray for him, and then we would move on and find a new leader. At the end of that two years, he came back to us and asked for a new two-year contract. When we didn't give it to him, he then tried to intimidate us. He sent out an inflammatory email asking people to contact the board. And, and, and what was interesting about that situation is when he sent out that clarion call, nobody saluted. We got a few you know, letters from his friends, and, and that's fine. But there, weren't, there wasn't a, a mass uprising because I think a lot of folks had seen what I had seen, which was that we were starting to go backwards and that they were tired of you know, I think dealing with uh, uh, him telling one group one thing and another group another thing, in my view. And so, you know, that's what happened at Northwood. It's not really all that big of a mystery. Um, and so I'm just, I was flabbergasted to read that, uh, that, I, that it was due to a vengeful fraternity member. So I, that's, that's the whole enchilada there. Well, and it's really interesting to see that it phrased as a fraternity member because you think, what, it's some fraternity college president – but you were on the board of Northwest Missouri State, and you were not the only member of the board that made the decision. So very interesting the way it was phrased in response to that question. I can tell you with absolute certainty that in my entire time on the board, we, it, this has never been a topic of discussion. It wasn't even a controversial decision. Uh, in fact, there wasn't a single member of the board that was serving at that time. I doubt the other members of the board are even aware of it. It's just a total red herring, but you're right. It wasn't just my decision. The idea that four other people voted to not renew his contract because of something that happened with a fraternity a decade ago is a bit silly. And I've heard John give four or five different excuses as to why his contract wasn't renewed, but this is the first time I've heard this particular one. And, and honestly, it's insulting to, I think, anyone's intelligence that hears it. It just, the idea that, oh, well, we're really mad about something that happened a decade ago. It wasn't even a controversial decision. And so I, I'm flabbergasted as to why he would say that. Why did the, why did Northwest Missouri State move on? Because in the process of doing these interviews, obviously Missouri State is trying to figure out who's the person that, that takes over for Cliff Smart. There's a lot of, a lot of potential in the future. There's also a lot of work to be done. You know, obviously our, our, everybody wants to talk about, uh, enrollment or is our football team going to end up being in the FBA? All of these types of things. And so we want to get this question right because the last few years under Cliff have been so good. Why was it that, that, that Northwest was like, we're not hitting? What, what benchmarks were you not hitting that you decided it was time to move on from Jasinski? Yeah, I think one of the biggest issues I had with him, there, he, he will talk consistently about an enrollment bump, and he will talk about record enrollment. But you really need to understand what that means. That was due entirely to online graduate students. Our on-campus enrollment was actually declining. Any college town depends on having kids on campus. The problem with online-only students, they don't pay any room and board, they don't pay meals, and half the tuition went to the online company. But in my experience, John wouldn't acknowledge that. He was more interested in putting out a press release 
about record enrollment than he was at understanding the problem and working to fix it. You know, ignoring what was happening on campus was putting our university in danger. Our faculty couldn't understand why we had record enrollment, but there was no money to spend. Well, it's because the online students we were bragging so much about were bringing in, you know, less than half of the revenue as of a normal student. So it was things like that where I feel, in my judgment, it, it kind of, uh, the ego got in the way of the importance of doing the work. But, you know, that to me, that enrollment thing, I would be very concerned about that if I lived in Springfield, because if you ignore the on-campus enrollment, uh, you're not going to have much of a college left after that. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to be, you know, Phoenix University where it's all online. So that was an, that was an area that was a, a problem um, that I identified. And, and I think the bigger problem was the lack of interest in, in figuring out how to supplement that, how to get the online and acknowledging that the online enrollment wasn't where it needed to be and to figuring out how to fix that problem. So one of the many issues that, that I have there. Now, I want to lay a little groundwork for the listeners who are tuning in and, and sort of trying to figure out what's going on here, because uh, traditionally, uh, this is one of those things where, where we'd be talking about it sort of in the abstract, and it's unusual for us to have somebody come on and talk about it in such, such specificity but it wasn't like you came down to, to Springfield and said, hey, I want to campaign against somebody who's running for the president of Missouri State. Uh, it, it, first, it's it, you were called out by name by him when he was specifically asked. So it's, it's pretty interesting the way this story has unfolded. Yeah, I, I think it's important to note here that for the last two years, uh, the board has taken a lot of slings and arrows by not detailing every fault we thought he had frankly, so he could go get another job. I wasn't out. Nobody's out to destroy his life or anything like that. But at some point, though, you can't let him continue to say things that you know are not true and drag your name through the mud. And I frankly read this story that was outrageous and nearly slanderous, saying that I did something based on something that happened to a fraternity a decade ago. And I just felt, you know what, it's, it, it, Missouri State's about to make a really monumentally big decision. Hiring the president, frankly, is about the only thing that a board of governors or a board of regents do that actually matters. They're about to make a really big decision. And so since John wants to talk about his tenure at Northwest Missouri State, I think we probably needed some fuller contacts there. And I'd be very concerned if I remember. I, I would encourage them to do a deep dive. Uh, like I said, this is now the fourth different false version of why his contract wasn't renewed that I've heard. And they all involve him as a victim and some sort of grand conspiracy. You know, the truth is just much simpler. If folks are interested, I, I, I mean, I, if I remember the Board of Governors, I'd be reaching out to regents in Northwest Missouri State saying, hey, exactly what did happen there? They don't have to take my word for it. I'm just one person, right? But boy, I think I'd be a lot more curious uh, than what I've seen so far, because this is a big decision. He does have a track record at Northwest Missouri State. There are some good things in it. I want to be clear about that. There are also some things in it that I'd be wary of. So I, I'm, I'm just providing fuller context. I was happy to not say a word about this until I was directly called out uh, in, that, in that story in a, what was nearly a slanderous article. Like it was really, my, Elijah, my jaw hit the floor when I read that, and I had never heard that before. In the, in the six years I've been on the board, we never discussed it once. Um, and so it's, I just thought, boy, somebody put an awful lot of thought into how do they make their their the end of their tenure seem like a good thing that they stood up and made a tough decision? It wasn't even a controversial decision. I, I'm just I'm stunned by it. 
Have you had any conversations with the other board members at Northwest Missouri State in 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 light of this whole controversy? I have. I, have. I, I alerted. I alerted almost all of them that I was that I was going to speak out. We had agreed as a board that we didn't want to. We didn't want to get in the back and forth of this. We did not want to. You know, I mean, we made a tough decision, and we were perfectly fine with him going on and and doing that. This isn't a you know a situation that I was out to get him for life. Um, but I did let them know that I said, look, I, I can no longer sit, sit by and, and hold my tongue. Like he is now saying things that are blatantly false. And, you know, they all agree. The ones that I spoke with all agreed that this was beyond the pale. And they, they did not give me any caution about, uh, you know, speed. the only thing I can't do and, and haven't done and won't do is I can't speak for the board. I can speak for myself, but I, I can't speak for the board. But, I, you know, I, I think all of them, if they're, if they're honest, would also acknowledge that, yeah, we We've never even spoken about that. Very good. Jason, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us about this. Obviously, pretty uh, ripped from the headline subject that's, uh, that I think is going to burn pretty hot for a while here in Springfield. So appreciate you bringing your perspective to this conversation. Happy to do it. All right. That was Jason Clint talking about one of the three people that, that is in the running to be the next president of Missouri State University. Now, I want to say this. Jason was named by the candidate. Traditionally, I, 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 you know, we, we would talk about these things. I have an opinion on these things. It's unusual for us to jump in like this and interview somebody so intimately involved, but Jason was called out by name. And so because of that, I'm going to make the same offer to John Jatinsky if he wants to come on the show, talk about the, you know, what happened at Northwest Missouri State, microphones his. You know, we won't make it a, a debate. I'm not going to have try to get both of them in here or anything like that. But I want to give John the same courtesy that I gave Jason of, hey, these you made these comments. They push back very forcefully, as you just heard. And and if you want the chance to respond, I'm going to let you do that. But you as the listeners here on KWTO can know that you're going to get sides of the story you'll not get anywhere else. I dare you to find somewhere else where you're going to get this inside information on something as monumental as Missouri State's next president. And I'm not joking when I say filling the shoes of Cliff Smart going to be one of the biggest decisions that the board at Missouri State has to make. And I think this story and this controversy is going to play pretty, pretty hot for the next next few weeks as the board weighs this decision locally. Okay, we've got a massive, massive show today. Coming up, uh, I, I wanted to spotlight a couple of our guests. 505, Caroline Levitt, she is the National Press Secretary for Donald Trump. She's going to be at 505, 520. We're going to have Carrie Wells. He's with freedomprincipalmo.org. 540, Chris Wright, candidate for governor. But coming up next, we're going to have Jeff Smith debate with the Democrat. Stick around for that.